0: So firstly, I good not everybody. And uh, I want to thank the organizers for inviting me to be part of this for bringin. Let's say that a for can accomplish more than Malach Michal. So this coming together on Please God through this for bringin, may we have these galas of Mashiach take it from Yad Mamish L'chaim. <clears throat> you know, when I was in Yeshiva, in my yeshiva days, which was Labatess, Mem, Mem Aleph, the Koch was Miftoim. There's a tremendous Koch for Miftoim. I'm not saying that there's not a Koch now, but there's a tremendous Koch for Miftoim. I remember Mifta Sefer Torah. I mean, people were signing up, hundreds, thousands of people. There was such an amazing Koch. I remember Rabbi Kunin taking four Bachram down to California. And he goes over to one of the Bachram he says, no, how many people you signed up? So the bochum wanted to make it sound big. So he's thinking, he says, fifty nine hundred, Rabbi you looks at him he says fifty nine hundred, here in California we don't speak hundreds, we speak thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, but we don't speak hundreds, but there was the most, there was the most amazing koch throughout all the Miftah, and I'm not saying that there's no koch now, but from Tov Shin Mem there was a different theme, the Rabbi started to speak about Bias Mashiach, and Gules Mashiach, and Debre Mashiach, and, and that frenzy just kept building, and then came just before Tophshin Nun, and the Rebbe said, nisim, this is gonna be a year of miracles. And that year, communism was dismantled. And then came Toshin Nun Aleph, and the Rebbe said, it's gonna be a year of wonders. And that year, look at the miracles that took place in that it's with the scuds We all went on the solidarity trips. It was unbelievable to see. And then the Rebbe said, open your eyes. I remember at a meeting of, of uh, Shluchim in Johannesburg, it wasn't a bringing it was a meeting late afternoon, and the Rebbe just said that, and one, one of the senior shluchim stood up and he said, hold on, does this mean we say lechaim, are we ushering in the geula? That's the frenzy. And then all of a sudden, chof came, and the Rebbe delivered that sicher. There was pandemonium. People did not know what to do. The Rebbe called for suggestions, and people were faxing. In those days there were faxes. People were faxing in, in ideas. Now, when you think about it, when you learn the secha, when you analyze the secha, one of the things that the Rebbe was saying is, one of the things that the Rebbe said is that whatever has happened until now is lehebel Valoric. Now, how can you say that? How can you say whatever happened was lehebel Valoric? By that time, Batof Shin Nun Aleph, the Rebbe had turned the world upside down. Let me share a story. In 2010. Lord David Young. Lord David Young was Margaret Thatcher, Prime Minister of England, Margaret Thatcher's Minister of Trade and Industries in the early 80s. While he was here for, in 2010, it was the World Soccer uh, Cup, he came, he spoke for Chabad Youth. And he said, he got up and he said as follows. He said, you know, in 1970, that's 40 years before, said in 1970, I made a few predictions. One of them I really got wrong. He said, and remember he belongs to an Orthodox school in England. Very high up in the Conservative Party, he said as follows, he said, one of the predictions I got wrong, he said, I felt that by the year 2010, there would be no more observant Judaism. There would be Zionism, there would be nationalism, there would be traditionalism, but there wouldn't be observant Judaism. Guess what? He said he was so wrong. You know why? Because Lord David Young, like many others, did not see what the Rebbe was doing. If you jump back to 1970, and I say this with caution, not to puzzle people's tefillin and mezuzahs, but most people's mezuzahs and most people's tefillin were possible, even the very few that did put on The level of kashus throughout the world was a disaster. Rabbi Popek, the shliach in Cape Town, said recently that when he got to Cape Town in Tovshin Vov, the rav of the city had allowed women to use the Turkish hot baths in the city as a mikvah. I mean, just think of that. That's how bad things were. And then came the Rebbe, Mifza after Miftza. Think about Toshin Lamed Ches, Education Day USA. Think about all that the Rebbe had done. Think about the Rebbe's influence in Israel by that time. So how can it be that the Rebbe says that everything we've done until now is Lehebel Beloric? And I think what the Rebbe was saying as follows, that no matter what has been accomplished until then, we've accomplished a fortune. I think coming after the Holocaust, we've accomplished an untold fortune. But until we have these gallus of Mashiach, nothing has been accomplished because on Yud, Shvat, Tov, Shin, Yud, all that's that, what we set out, Dora Shvi, we set out to bring about these galas of Mashiach. And until that happens, no matter what has happened in the whole world, even if everybody's from, we've accomplished nothing. Because by the Rebbe, success was the enemy. The enemy is success. Hatzlacha can be the worst success. Hatzlacha can be the biggest enemy in the world. You know why? Because when a person feels a bit of a Hatzlacha, you start to pat yourself in the back. You start to pinch yourself. You think you're so special. And you start to say, I'm not getting 100 out of 100. I'm getting 90 out of 100. I've built this building. I've done this. I'm a carib. This. I've done so much. Until the ultimate goal is being achieved, what the Rebbe set out in Nuchvat, Tovshin Yun Alef, said Rebbe, this is all Lehevil Baloric, do not drop your standards. <clears throat> Which leads to the next point. So how do we bring the How do we bring the So undoubtedly it has to be personal avoida. There has to be kibbush yerecha controlling our machshava, Tibur and mysur. There has to be sumay ravi yasey There has to be katis kafia sitra achra. There has to be an absolute commitment to the Rebbe of Chittas and Rambam. There has to be an absolute commitment to leh sheyafutza which will bring the sheikh. There has to be an absolute commitment to the mefzoyim of the Rebbe, each and every mitzvah. There has to be a commitment, there has to be a commitment to go out and get the world to increase in acts of goodness and guidance. When the CNN reporter walks by the Rebbe and says, what is your message for the world? The Rebbe says, Mashiach is ready to come. All that's needed is to get people to increase in acts of goodness and kindness. If I'm not mistaken, the part of the video is not shown. There's another part to that video where the, where the, the interviewer says to the Rebbe, what's your message for the jur- for jury? And the Rebbe says, no, they must ask the Rebbe, they're rabbis. So the Rebbe felt for going. we've got to start by getting them to increase in acts of goodness and kindness, and sheba mitzvah, et etc. And then ultimately, We've got to teach the world that Mashiach is about to reveal himself. We've got to get the world excited about that Mashiach is about to reveal himself. But when you think about it, all the other Mifto, all the other activities, they're quite easy to measure. You can measure how many minorias you've been out, you can measure how many trilling you've put, you've put on. You know, pre Holocaust, pre COVID, pre COVID, Rabbi David Heller, one of the shluchim here in Johannesburg, right, put fill in on over 24,000 times during a year, during a Jewish year. Think about that. In other words, sometimes the same people over and over again, but he put fill in more than 24,000 times on that year. That He started at 18 and then he got to 24,000. You can measure it. You can measure how many uh, houses you've captured. You can measure how many mezuzahs you put up. Even Abbas Israel, I suppose you can measure it by how many favors are done. But when it comes to to Mashiach, it sounds just so abstract and so difficult to do. Let me share a story. Cell phones came, cell phones like we know them today, came to the world in the early 90s. So about 93, 94, it was coming to South Africa. The man responsible for bringing it to this country was none other than a Jewish businessman by the name of Thea Ratstein. Very respected in the industry, a good friend of Chabad, very well-respected individual. By the way, he was also responsible for bringing television to this country. The South African government, the previous government was very anti-TV. They didn't want TV in this country. So television only got you in 1975, it was like the test pattern, and 1976, TV officially was launched. But until then, there was no TV. So what did he do? In the late 60s and early 70s, he advertised to the country that one day TV is gonna come. What you should do, he said, one day TV is gonna come, put your name on the list, come in to us, put your name on the list. Eventually, when TV comes, there's going to be such a shortage if you're on the list, it'll be first come, first serve. And then guess what he did? He got hundreds and thousands of people to sign up. He then took that list to the government and he said, hey, government, we're petitioning you. There are hundreds and thousands of people who are demanding television. And the government acquiesced. They succumbed. They allowed television. Now, by the way, we should do something like that with Nshir. We should get people all over the world to sign a petition to the Abishtar, but that's for another time. Now, let's come back to cell phones. Cell phones didn't have opposition. There's no opposition to cell phones. But at a lunch just before they were being launched. Now, this is a man who's involved in telecommunications. He understands the industry well. He's done his market research. Right before, it's like days before cell phones are about to be launched, there's a lunch, and he speaks, and I happen to be at the lunch. And he said like this. He said, because, and if you must remember, what was was there before that? Before that was the big... uh, Philips Porty telephone, which weighed a ton, or the Siemens card, or if you, the Siemens phone, or if you were very rich, you had a car phone. But everybody wanted these things. But anyways, at the, at the lunch, he gets up and he says, you know, cell phones are about to be launched. However, because of the cost of calls, cell phones are going to be a luxury item that will only be used for necessity. It will never become something of everyday use three days later cell phones are launched and it just swoops the country the country becomes drowned with cell phones and all of a sudden all of a sudden there's a new disposable income in fact other industries like beer and alcohol suffered very badly because people were putting their money into this new thing and something that he thought would be a luxury item never used all of a sudden every single person was using it let me just put it into perspective There's 35% unemployment in South Africa, 95% of people have cell phones, you can't be the poorest people on the, on the phone the whole time, imagine it, but he couldn't see it, why couldn't he see it, because he was caught up in the past, he couldn't imagine a world with cell phones, he just couldn't do it. Let's go back to television. Television was invented in 1927. For the first few years it never took off. Only in 1939 it started to take off. But people wrote in America, people in the know wrote that television will never, ever take off because nobody wants to sit in their lounge looking at a, at a wooden box. The housewife, the woman, would prefer to take a vacuum tin and vacuum around the house and listen to the radio. So television has no chance. Now, how could it be? Today, 98% of American homes have TVs. I think I saw on Google, there are 110 million TVs in America more than one it's unbelievable what there is and yet these people who lived it couldn't see it as it was about to be revealed. it's exactly the same thing with Mashiach exactly the same thing we caught up in the past <clears throat> let me share a story that I read on Chabad.org in uh, it happened with Menach- Menachem Mendel of Itepsk by the way his yachts is tomorrow they came to him they came to his study they came to his office and they said, Mashiach is here. Right? Mashiach is, he was delighted to hear. He's thinking this is beautiful. And, anyways, he walks over to his window, he opens up the window, he takes a sniff and he says, Mashiach is not here. In other words, in his Dalad Amas, Mashiach was there. Right? What's it? Uh, Mashiach was there. He lived with Mashiach. I got news for us. And I say this with caution the Rebbe took us into Ganeidin Ha'Elyam, and the Rebbe showed us, and the Rebbe made us see, and he opened us, opened up our eyes to see that we can bring Mashiach, and we have to bring Mashiach. Until then, by the way, in my, in my view, like Mashiach was like a Rebbe's thing, but on that day, the Rebbe opened up our eyes that, uh, that we have to bring Mashiach. So how do we bring Mashiach? So, number one, we've got to speak about Mashiach. You know, the, the, we're starting Perik Bayes and Perik obis this week. One of the Mishnas is, one of the Mishnas that we'll read on Shabbos is uh, even, what's it, how does it, I okay, forget the Lashon, even in the privacy of your own, own. Don't say something that ultimately will be understood. So, there's two Perushim. On one of the Perushim is, even if you're alone in your house, and there's nobody there, the whole family's away, and you're alone in, in your private room, don't say something negative, because if you say something negative, the birds that fly by will hear it, and the weasels that come into the house will hear it, and they'll carry it. In other words, when you say something, even in the privacy of your own home, you bring it into Olam Adibur and then into Olam Amais. So conversely, when you speak about Mashiach, even in the privacy of your own home, you bring Mashiach. You've got to bring Mashiach, we've got, we've got to learn about Mashiach. And I must say, what Tut Alts has done in the last few months, with this wellspring of, of stuff, which has made it so much easier. We've got to get, get Anash excited about it. We've got to have messaging, we've got to have very clear advertising messaging for non-Anash, for, for traditional jury, for, for an affiliated jury. We have to tell the world, we got to bring it, we got to bring it, we've got to bring it into Eilem Hadibur. You know, it's interesting, the advertising agency who designed our logo here for Mashiach, it's like, just imagine it's WWWWM. So that's quite a modern thing, we want Mashiach now. So when he when he devised this thing, he came to us and he said, you know, just has the logo. And he said, but don't just use it as a logo. He said, you know, make uh, playground furniture with it. Do all sorts of things with it. At first, we thought he was absurd. And just re- recently, we realized yes, this guy's actually quite clever. Because every single time you see something, it must trigger. mashir, Meshire, must trigger. Monsieur, monsieur, monsieur. We have to do that. We have to, whatever we do, what, whatever we doing. And we've got to get people excited about Meshire. Now I say... That as we for bring here today, cities are being invaded. We have to conquer our own ear katana, and not only do we have to conquer our own ear katana, we have to invade other ear katanas. And with the nuclear energy that the Rebbe explains we all have the, the, the atomic energy that we have in our nepheshelikes, we've got to go out and we've got to turn this world absolutely un- upside down with every, with every possible means. To tell the world that Mashiach is about to reveal himself. Let me share with you just the power of, of, of advertising the message. Many years ago, there was uh, the Minister of Finance of South Africa, a colored gentleman, a very fine uh, gentleman, spoke at a Chabad dinner. And when he, it was a pre recorded message, he was in Cape Town, it was pre recorded. Anyways, at the end of his message, he says, Oh, and by the way, He finishes the message and he says, and the answer to the world's problems are, we want Mashiach now. He's a non-Jewish guy. So somebody went over to him and said, where do you know that from? He said, listen, before I was Minister of Finance, I lived across the road from the Chabad School in Johannesburg. There was a big sign there, we want Mashiach now. I learned about it. And I learned what that means. We have to tell the world the great things that are going to happen when Mashiach comes. That, that beautiful thing from JLI of how much the world is bettered from 1820 to 2020. We've got to go tell the world that we're not showing the world. The world's still caught up there. We're not showing the world the great advantages of what's going to be, of what's going to be when Mashiach comes. I wanted to show a video here, but I couldn't find it this morning. But there was a, there was a um, it's a it's so a proper news channel. Maybe I'll send it in afterwards, somebody else can show it. It's a news piece from one of the big news stations of a playground in Mexico. And, and it was that they took guns and they, and they they cut the guns up and they turned it into playground equipment, fulfilling the prophecy of, of the tailor. Now let's just think a little bit abstract while we have to use every medium and every measure to go and spread this message of machine and get people excited with all, sorts of, with all sorts of programs in a very, very um, organized manner as the previous uh, Fabrenger said. But um, maybe we should be going to arms manufacturers, manufacturers in America and in England, all over that manufacture weaponry and arsenal and ask them, hold on a second, why don't you just make a few um, spades and we want to use the space to give it to underprivileged uh, people to, to, uh, to farm. But what will that do thought, it'll start changing the paradigm? That these people stop thinking that, gee, the only th- not the only thing that we make over here is, is weaponry. So I'm, so there is, we've got to take this atomic energy and we've got to explode the world with it. And I, don't, and I, I want to just end off, by the way, because there is such, we only have one enemy in that and that's ourselves at the moment. I want to end like this. Just for, the Rebbe says as follows: That's what are we waiting for? So let's take this amazing koyach of chofchesnus, this amazing power that the bringing, and in Mitzvishim we should bring about the izgalas and Mashiach today. So take it from Yad Mamish, go yigalenu.